Chapter Fifteen of By Pike and Dyke: A Tale of the Rise of the Dutch Republic. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. By Pike and Dyke by G. A. Henty. Chapter Fifteen: Ned receives promotion. It was fortunate for Ned that the watch round the city had relaxed greatly when he started from it. The soldiers were discontented at the arrangement that had been made for the city to pay an immense sum of money to escape a general sack. They were all many months in arrear of their pay. They had suffered during the siege, and they now considered themselves to be cheated of their fair reward. The sum paid by the city would go into the hands of the duke, and although the soldiers were promised a share of the prize money, the duke's necessities were so great that it was probable little of the money would find its way into the hands of the troops. A sack, upon the other hand, was looked upon as a glorious lottery. Every one was sure to gain something. Many would obtain most valuable prizes of money or jewelry. No sooner, therefore, had Harlem surrendered than a mutinous spirit began to show itself among the troops. They became slack in obeying the orders of their officers, refused to perform their duties, and either gathered in bodies to discuss their wrongs or sulked in their tents. Thus the work of keeping a vigilant watch round the walls by night to prevent the escape of the victims selected to satiate the vengeance of Don Frederick was greatly relaxed. After lowering himself from the walls Ned proceeded with great caution. On reaching the spot where he expected to meet with a cordon of sentries, he was surprised at finding everything still and quiet. Unaware of the state of things in the camp, and suspecting that some device had perhaps been hit upon with the view of inducing men to try to escape from the city, he redoubled his precautions, stopping every few paces to listen for the calls of the sentries, or a heavy tread, or the clash of arms. All was silent, and he continued his course until close to the camps of some of the German regiments. Incredible as it seemed to him, it was now evident that no sentries had been posted. He saw great fires blazing in the camps, and a large number of men standing near one of them. They were being addressed by a soldier standing upon a barrel. Keeping in the shadow of the tents, Ned made his way close up to the group, and the similarity of the German language to the Dutch enabled him to gather without difficulty the meaning of the speaker's words. He was recounting to the soldiers the numberless toils and hardships through which they had passed in the service of Spain, and the ingratitude with which they were treated they pretend they have no money he exclaimed it is not true spain has the wealth of the indies at her back and yet she grudges us our pay for the services we have faithfully rendered her why should we throw away our lives for spain what do we care whether she is mistress of this wretched country or not let us resolve brethren to be moved neither by entreaties or threats but to remain fast to the oath we and our spanish comrades have sworn that we will neither march afoot nor lift an arm until we have received our pay and not only our pay but our share of the booty they have stolen from us the shouts of approval that greeted the speech showed that the speaker's audience was thoroughly in accord with him ned waited to hear no further orations he understood now the withdrawal of the sentries it was another of the mutinies that had so frequently broken out among the spanish forces in the netherlands making his way out through the other side of the camp he proceeded on his journey the news was important, for if the mutiny continued it would give the Prince of Orange time to prepare for the forward march of the enemy. He passed several other camps, but observed everywhere the same slackness of discipline and the absence of military precaution. All night he pushed forward without stopping, and as soon as the gates of Leiden were opened he entered. 
upon inquiring he found that the prince was at delft and hiring a horse he at once rode there the prince received him with real pleasure and so you have escaped safe and sound from the siege master martin truly your good fortune is wonderful i am glad indeed to see you tell me how it goes in harlem rumours reached me that there as at other towns they have broken their oaths and are massacring the whole population it is not so bad as that sir ned replied they have put to death numbers of the principal citizens and all refugees they could discover in the city but there has been no regular sack the women have not been ill-treated and although five executioners were kept busily at work there has been nothing like a general massacre thank god for that the prince said piously that has eased my mind i feared that the horrors of zutphen and Naden had been re-enacted i have another piece of good news to give you sir as i passed through their camps i learned that all the troops german as well as spanish are in open mutiny and have sworn that they will neither march nor fight until they receive all arrears of pay that is good news indeed the prince exclaimed it will give us breathing time of which we are sadly in need were the spaniards to march forward now they could sweep over holland for i could not put a thousand men in the field to withstand them and now master martin what shall i do for you you have received as yet no reward whatever for the great service you rendered us by the successful carrying out of your mission to brussels to say nothing of the part you have borne in the defence of harlem i know that you joined us from pure love of our cause and hatred of spanish tyranny still that is no reason why i should not recognize your services if you would like it i would gladly appoint you to the command of a company of volunteers i thank you greatly your highness replied ned but i am far too young to command men and pray that you will allow me to remain near your person and to perform such service as you may think me capable of if that be your wish it shall be so for the present the prince replied and it is pleasant to me in these days when almost every noble in the netherlands puts a price on his services and when even the cities bargain for every crown piece they advance to find one who wants nothing but now you need rest when i am more at leisure you shall furnish me with further details of what took place inside harlem during the siege the long defence of harlem the enormous expenditure which it had cost both in money and life for no less than ten thousand soldiers had fallen in the assault or by disease induced alva to make another attempt to win back the people of holland and three days after ned's return a proclamation was sent to every town he adopted an affectionate tone ye are well aware began the address that the king has over and over again manifested his willingness to receive his children in however forlorn a condition the prodigals might return his majesty assures you once more that your sins however black they may have been shall be forgiven and forgotten in the plentitude of royal kindness if you will repent and return in season to his majesty's embrace notwithstanding your manifold crimes his majesty still seeks like a hen calling her chickens to gather you all under the parental wing this portion of the document which was by the order of the magistrates affixed to the doors of the town halls was received with shouts of laughter by the citizens and many were the jokes as to the royal hen and the return of the prodigals the conclusion of the document afforded a little further insight into the affectionate disposition of the royal bird if 
continued the proclamation ye disregard these offers of mercy and receive them with closed ears as heretofore then we warn you that there is no rigor or cruelty however great which you are not to expect by laying waste starvation and the sword in such manner that nowhere shall remain a relic of that which at present exists but his majesty will strip bare and utterly depopulate the land and cause it to be inhabited again by strangers since otherwise his majesty would not believe that the will of god and of his majesty had been accomplished this proclamation produced no effect whatever for the people of holland were well aware that philip of spain would never grant that religious toleration for which they were fighting and they knew also that no reliance whatever could be placed in spanish promises or oaths for a month alva was occupied in persuading the troops to return to their duty and at last managed to raise a sufficient sum of money to pay each man a portion of the arrears due to him and a few crowns on account of his share of the ransom paid by harlem during this breathing time the prince of orange was indefatigable in his efforts to raise a force capable of undertaking the relief of such towns as the spanish might invest this however he found well-nigh impossible the cities were all ready to defend themselves but in spite of the danger that threatened they were chary in the extreme in contributing money for the common cause nor would the people enlist for service in the field nothing had occurred to shake the belief in the invincibility of the spanish soldiery in fair fight in the open and the disasters which had befallen the bodies of volunteers who had endeavored to relieve harlem effectually deterred others from following their example the prince's only hope therefore of being able to put a force into the field rested upon his brother louis who was raising an army of mercenaries in germany he had little assurance however that relief would come from this quarter as the two armies he had himself raised in germany had effected absolutely nothing his efforts to raise a fleet were more successful the hardy mariners of zealand were ready to fight on their own element and asked nothing better than to meet the spaniards at sea nevertheless the money had to be raised for the purchase of vessels stores artillery and ammunition ned was frequently dispatched by the prince with letters to magistrates of the chief towns to nobles and men of influence and always performed his duties greatly to the prince's satisfaction as soon as the duke of alva had satisfied the troops preparations began for a renewal of hostilities and the prince soon learnt that it was intended that don frederick should invade northern holland with sixteen thousand men and that the rest of the army which had lately received further reinforcements should lay siege to leyden the prince felt confident that leyden could resist for a time but he was very anxious as to the position of things in north holland in the courage and ability of sonoy the lieutenant-governor of north holland the prince had entire confidence but it was evident by the tone of his letters that he had lost all hope of being able to defend the province and altogether despaired of the success of their cause he had written in desponding tones at the utterly insufficient means at his disposal for meeting the storm that was about to burst upon the province and had urged that unless the prince had a good prospect of help either from france or england it was better to give up the struggle than to bring utter destruction upon the whole people 
the letter in which the prince answered him has been preserved and well illustrates the lofty tones of his communications in this crisis of the fate of holland he reprimanded with gentle but earnest eloquence the despondency and want of faith of his lieutenant and other adherents he had not expected he said that they would have so soon forgotten their manly courage they seemed to consider the whole fate of the country attached to the city of harlem he took god to witness that he had spared no pains and would willingly have spared no drop of his blood to save that devoted city but as notwithstanding our efforts he continued it has pleased god almighty to dispose of harlem according to his divine will shall we therefore deny and deride his holy word has his church therefore come to naught you ask if i have entered into a firm treaty with any great king or potentate to which i answer that before i ever took up the cause of the oppressed christians in these provinces i had entered into a close alliance with the king of kings and i am firmly convinced that all who put their trust in him shall be saved by his almighty hand the god of armies will raise up armies for us to do battle with our enemies and his own in conclusion he detailed his preparations for attacking the enemy by sea as well as by land and encouraged his lieutenant and the population of the northern province to maintain a bold front before the advancing foe that sonoy would do his best the prince was sure but he knew how difficult it is for one who himself regards resistance as hopeless to inspire enthusiasm in others and he determined to send a message to cheer the people of north holland and urge them to resist to the last and to entrust it to one who could speak personally as to the efforts that were being made for their assistance and who was animated by a real enthusiasm in the cause it was an important mission but after considering the various persons of his household he decided to entrust it to the lad who had showed such courage and discretion in his dangerous mission to brussels a keen observer of character the prince felt that he could trust the young fellow absolutely to do his best at whatever risk to himself he had believed when he first joined him that ned was some eighteen years of age and the year that had since elapsed with its dangers and responsibilities had added two or three years to his appearance it was the fashion in holland to entirely shave the face and ned's smooth cheeks were therefore no sign of youth standing over the average height of the natives of holland with broad shoulders and well-set figure he might readily pass as a man of three or four and twenty the prince accordingly sent for the lad i have another mission for you master martin and again a dangerous one the spaniards are on the point of marching to lay siege to alkmaar and i wish a message carried to the citizens assuring them that they may rely absolutely upon my relieving them by breaking down the dikes i wish you on this occasion to be more than a messenger in these dispatches i have spoken of you as one captain martin who possesses my fullest confidence you would as you say be young to be a captain of a company of fighting men but as an officer attached to my household you can bear that rank as well as another it will be useful and will add to your influence and authority and i have therefore appointed you to the grade of captain of which by your conduct you have proved yourself to be worthy your mission is to encourage the inhabitants to resist to the last to rouse them to enthusiasm if you can to give them my solemn promise that they shall not be deserted and to assure them that if i cannot raise a force sufficient to relieve them i will myself come round and superintend the operation of cutting the dikes and laying the whole country under water 
i do not know whether you will find the lieutenant-governor in the city but at any rate he will not remain there during the siege as he has work outside but i shall give you a letter recommending you to him and ask him to give you his warmest support the prince then took off the gold chain he wore round his neck and placed it upon ned i give you this in the first place captain martin in token of my esteem and of my gratitude for the perilous service you have already rendered and secondly as a visible mark of my confidence in you and as a sign that i have entrusted you with authority to speak for me going as you now do it will be best for you to assume somewhat more courtly garments in order to do credit to your mission i have given orders that these shall be prepared for you and that you shall be provided with a suit of armour such as a young noble would wear all will be prepared for you this afternoon at six o'clock a ship will be in readiness to sail and this will land you on the coast at the nearest point to alkmaar should any further point occur to you before evening speak to me freely about it ned retired depressed rather than elated at the confidence the prince reposed in him and at the rank and dignity he had bestowed upon him he questioned too whether he had not done wrong in not stating at once when the prince had on his first joining him set down his age at over eighteen that he was two years under that age and he hesitated whether he ought not even now to go to him and state the truth he would have done so had he not known how great were the labors of the prince and how incessantly he was occupied and so feared to upset his plans and cause him fresh trouble anyhow he said to himself at last i will do my best and i could do no more if i were nineteen instead of seventeen the prince has chosen me for this business not because of my age but because he thought i could carry it out and carry it out i will if it be in my power in the afternoon a clothier arrived with several suits of handsome material and make out of sober colors such as a young man of good family would wear and an armorer brought him a morion and breast and back pieces of steel handsomely inlaid with gold when he was alone he attired himself in the quietest of his new suits and looking at himself in the mirror burst into a fit of hearty laughter what in the world would my father and mother and the girls say were they to see me pranked out in such attire as this they would scarce know me and i shall scarce know myself for some time however i think i shall be able to play my part as the prince's representative better in these than i should have done in the dress i started in last time or in that i wore on board the good venture at five o'clock ned paid another visit to the prince and thanked him heartily for his kindness towards him and then received a few last instructions on his return to his room he found a corporal and four soldiers at the door the former saluted we have orders captain martin to place ourselves under your command for detached duty our kits are already on board the ship the men will carry down your mails if they are packed i only take that trunk with me ned said pointing to the one that contained his new clothes and there is besides my armor and that brace of pistols followed by the corporal and men ned now made his way down to the port where the captain of the little vessel received him with profound respect as soon as they were on board the sails were hoisted and the vessel ran down the channel from delft through the hague to the sea on the following morning they anchored soon after daybreak a boat was lowered and ned and the soldiers landed on the sandy shore followed by them he made his way over the high range of sand-hills facing the sea and then across the low cultivated country extending to alkmaar 
he saw parties of men and women hurrying northward along the causeways laden with goods and leading in most instances horses or donkeys staggering under the weights placed upon them i think we are but just in time corporal the population of the villages are evidently fleeing before the advance of the spaniards another day and we should have been too late to get into the town alkmaar had been in sight from the time they had crossed the dunes and after walking five miles they arrived at its gates is the lieutenant governor in the town ned asked one of the citizens yes he is still here the man said you will find him at the town hall there was much excitement in the streets armed burghers were standing in groups women were looking anxiously from doors and casements but ned was surprised to see no soldiers about although he knew that the eight hundred whom the prince had dispatched as a garrison must have arrived there some days before on arriving at the town hall he found the general seated at table in front of him were a group of elderly men whom he supposed to be the leading citizens and it was evident by the raised voices and angry looks both of the old officer and of the citizens that there was some serious difference of opinion between them whom have we here sonoy asked as ned approached the table i am a messenger sir from the prince i bear these dispatches to yourself and have also letters and messages from him to the citizens of alkmaar you come at a good season the governor said shortly taking the dispatches and if anything you can say will soften the obstinacy of these good people here you will do them and me a service there was silence for a few minutes as the governor read the letter ned had brought him my good friends he said at last to the citizens this is captain martin an officer whom the prince tells me stands high in his confidence he bore part in the siege of harlem and has otherwise done great service to the state the prince commends him most highly to me and to you he has sent him here in the first place to assure you fully of the prince's intentions on your behalf he will especially represent the prince during the siege and from his knowledge of the methods of defence at harlem of the arrangements for portioning out the food and other matters he will be able to give you valuable advice and assistance as you are aware i ride in an hour to ankhausen in order to superintend the general arrangement for the defence of the province and especially for affording you aid and i am glad to leave behind me an officer who is so completely in the confidence of the prince he will first deliver the messages with which he is charged to you and then we will hear what he says as to this matter which is in dispute between us the passage of ned with his escorts through the street had attracted much attention and the citizens had followed him into the hall in considerable numbers to hear the message of which he was no doubt the bearer ned took his place by the side of the old officer and facing the crowd began to speak at other times he would have been diffident in addressing a crowded audience but he felt that he must justify the confidence imposed on him and knowing the preparations that were being made by the prince and his intense anxiety that alkmaar should resist to the end he began without hesitation and speedily forgot himself in the importance of the subject citizens of alkmaar he began the prince has sent me specially to tell you what there is in his mind concerning you and how his thoughts night and day have been turned towards your city not only the prince but all holland are turning their eyes towards you and none doubt that you will show yourselves as worthy as faithful and as steadfast as have the citizens of harlem 
you fight not for glory but for your liberty for your religion for the honor and the lives of those dear to you and yet your glory and your honor will be great indeed if this little city of yours should prove the bulwark of holland and should beat back from its walls the power of spain the prince bids me tell you that he is doing all he can to collect an army and a fleet in the latter respect he is succeeding well the hardy seamen of holland and zealand are gathering round him have sworn that they will clear the zuider zee of the spaniards or die in the attempt as to the army it is as you know next to impossible to gather one capable of coping with the host of spain in the field but happily you need not rely solely upon an army to save you in your need here you have an advantage over your brethren of harlem there it was impossible to flood the land round the city and the dikes by which the food supply of the spaniards could have been cut off were too strongly guarded to be won even when your noble governor himself led his forces against them but it is not so here the dikes are far away and the spaniards cannot protect them grievous as it is to the prince to contemplate the destruction of the rich country your fathers have won from the sea he bids me tell you that he will not hesitate but that as a last resource he pledges himself that he will lay the country under water and drown out the spaniards to save you they have sworn as you know to turn holland into a desert to leave none alive in her cities and villages well then better a thousand times that we should return it to the ocean from which we won it and that then having cast off the spaniards we should renew the labors of our fathers and again recover it from the sea a shout of applause rang through the hall but this ned went on is the last resource and will not be taken until naught else can be done to save you it is for you first to show the spaniards how the men of holland can fight for their freedom their religion their families and their homes then when you have done all that men can do the prince will prove to the spaniards that the men of holland will lay their country under water rather than surrender does the prince solemnly bind himself to do this one of the elder burghers asked he does and here is his promise in black and white with his seal attached we will retire and let you have our answer in half an hour ned glanced at the governor who shook his head slightly what is there need of deliberation ned asked in a voice that was heard all over the hall to you citizens at large i appeal of what use is it now to deliberate have you not already sent a defiant answer to alva are not his troops within a day's march of you think you that even if you turn traitors to your country and to your prince and throw open the gates it would save you now did submission save narden how many of you think you would survive the sack and for those who did so what would life be worth they would live an object of reproach and scoffing among all true hollanders as the men of the city who threatened what they dared not perform who were bold while alva was four days march away but who cowered like children when they saw the standards of spain approaching their walls i appeal to you is this a time to hesitate or discuss i ask you now in the name of the prince are you true men or false are you for orange or alva what is your answer a tremendous shout shook the hall we will fight to the death no surrender down with the council and there were loud and threatening shouts against some of the magistrates the governor now rose my friends he said i rejoice to hear your decision and now there is no time for idle talk throw open the gates and call in the troops whom the prince has sent to your aid and whom your magistrates have hitherto refused to admit choose from among yourselves six men upon whom you can rely to confer with me and with the officer commanding the troops 
choose good and worshipful men zealous in the cause i will see before i leave to-day that your magistracy is strengthened you need now men of heart and action at your head captain martin who has been through the siege of harlem will deliberate with twelve citizens whom i will select as to the steps to be taken for gathering the food into magazines for the public use for issuing daily rations for organizing the women as well as the men for such work as they are fit there is much to be done and but little time to do it for to-morrow the spaniard will be in front of your walls in an hour's time the eight hundred troops marched in from egmont castle and egmont abbey where they had been quartered while the citizens were wavering between resistance and submission four of the citizens who had already been told off for the purpose met them at the gate and allotted them quarters in the various houses governor sonoy was already in deliberation with the six men chosen by the townspeople to represent them he had at once removed from the magistracy an equal number of those who had been the chief opponents of resistance for here as in other towns the magistrates had been appointed by the spaniards ned was busy conferring with the committee and explaining to them the organization adopted at harlem he pointed out that it was a first necessity that all the men capable of bearing arms should be divided into companies of fifty each of which should select its own captain and lieutenant that the names of the women should be inscribed with their ages that the active and able-bodied should be divided into companies for carrying materials to the walls and aiding in the defense when a breach was attacked and that the old and feeble should be made useful in the hospitals and for such other work as their powers admitted all children were to join the companies to which their mothers belonged and to help as far as they could in their work having set these matters in train ned rejoined the governor i congratulate you captain martin upon the service you have rendered to-day your youth and enthusiasm have succeeded where my experience failed you believe in the possibility of success and thus your words had a ring and fervor which were wanting in mine fearing as i do that the cause is a lost one i wondered much when you first presented yourself that the prince should have given his confidence to one so young i wonder no longer the prince never makes a mistake in his instruments and he has chosen well this time i leave the city to-night and shall write to the prince from ankhausen telling him how you have brought the citizens round to a sense of their duty and that whereas at the moment of your arrival i believed the magistrates would throw open the gates to-morrow i am now convinced the city will resist till the last in military matters the officer in command of the troops will of course take the direction of things but in all other matters you as the prince's special representative will act as adviser of the burghers i wish i could stay here and share in the perils of the siege it would be far more suitable to my disposition than arguing with pig-headed burghers and trying to excite their enthusiasm when my own hopes have all but vanished the officer commanding the garrison now entered and the governor introduced ned to him you will find in captain martin one who is in the prince's confidence and has been sent here as his special representative an able coadjutor he will organize the citizens as they were organized at harlem and while you are defending the walls he will see that all goes on in good order in the town that there is no undue waste in provisions that the breaches are repaired as fast as made that the sick and wounded are well cared for and that the spirits of the townspeople are maintained 
that will indeed be an assistance the officer said courteously these details are as necessary as the work of fighting and it is impossible for one man to attend to them and to see to his military work i shall look to you sir for your aid and assistance ned said modestly the prince is pleased to have a good opinion of me but i am young and shall find the responsibility a very heavy one and can only hope to maintain my authority by the aid of your assistance i think not that you will require much aid captain martin the governor said i marked you when you were speaking and doubt not that your spirit will carry you through all difficulties that night was a busy one in alkmaar few thought of sleeping and before morning the lists were all prepared the companies mustered officers chosen posts on the wall assigned to them and every man woman and child in alkmaar knew the nature of the duties they would be called upon to perform just before midnight the governor left farewell young man he said to ned i trust that we may meet again now that i have got rid of the black sheep amongst the magistracy i feel more hopeful as to the success of the defence but may i ask sir why you did not dismiss them before ah you hardly know the burghers of these towns sonoy said shaking his head they stand upon their rights and privileges and if you touch their civic officers they are like a swarm of angry bees governor of north holland as i am i could not have interfered with the magistracy even of this little town it was only because at the moment the people were roused to enthusiasm and because they regarded you as the special representative of the prince that i was able to do so now that the act is done they are well content with the change especially as i have appointed the men they themselves chose to the vacant places it was the same thing at ankhausen i could do nothing and it was only when sante aldegonde came with authority from the prince himself that we were able to get rid of alva's creatures well i must ride away the spaniards are encamped about six miles away and you may expect to see them soon after daybreak it was indeed early in the morning that masses of smoke were seen rising from the village of egmont telling the citizens of alkmaar that the troopers of don frederick had arrived alkmaar was but a small town and when every man capable of bearing arms was mustered they numbered only about thirteen hundred besides the eight hundred soldiers it was on the twenty first of august that don frederick with sixteen thousand veteran troops appeared before the walls of the town and at once proceeded to invest it and accomplished this so thoroughly that alva wrote it is impossible for a sparrow to enter or go out of the city there was no doubt what the fate of the inhabitants would be if the city were captured the duke was furious that what he considered his extraordinary clemency in having executed only some twenty-four hundred persons at the surrender of harlem should not have been met with the gratitude it deserved if i take alkmaar he wrote to the king i am resolved not to leave a single person alive the knife shall be put to every throat since the example of harlem has proved to be of no use perhaps an example of cruelty will bring the other cities to their senses End of chapter 15